From the blood-soaked streets of Italy comes the giallo whodunit murder spree that is 1975's Deep Red, the story of a 12-inch pianist who finds himself in the middle of an Italian murder mystery included and not limited to cleavers, trench coats, ghosts, blood-splattered kid drawings, and a literal nightmare gallery. What happens when you mind meld with a maniac? What exact horrific settings are Italian water heaters set to? How many buildings can an Englishman break into? And what is up with Olga? I hope you shuttle members brought your detective skills, made sure you didn't lock the passenger door- Oh, damn it, now I gotta get a locksmith. Well, it's time to play some kids music as Chuttle Club takes a stab at Deep Red. Not the Chuttle. Chuttle. Surprise. Whoa. Oh, that's fantastic. So good. If what the actual fuck was a movie, out of the mist and into the fog, it's Chuttle the Pod. Hello, and welcome, Shuttle Club members, to a brand new meeting of the Shuttle the Pod Horror Movie Club. My name is Ross, and I'm joined by my co-occupants of the pod, Sam. Sup? And Brian. Huh? <laughs> Tonight, we lock our doors and check our paintings as we investigate 1975's Deep Red, streaming on Shudder, Voodoo, Amazon, and a bunch of other places at the time of this recording. Bang. Bang. <laughs> Before we get our sleuthing on, uh, we just want to let you uh, newer Chuttle members know that all meetings are spoiler-free up top, and we will let you know when those spoilers will creep up behind you in the shadows. Mm. Lastly, but not leastly, uh, we have a Patreon, and uh, we have to shout out our Coven of Witches. Uh, they have an exclusive Discord channel and access to archived episodes and voting power to make us watch Patreon pick suggested movies each month. Your sacrifice gives us life, and thank you for your beautiful, deep red souls. Now with our knives sharpened and having brushed up on our Italian, I think all club members are present and accounted for, so it's time to exhume and open our goo book and officially begin tonight's meeting. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if it's the combination of the dun duns or the of the splat splats, but it's I a dun duns and the splat splats. I mean, it's it's, it's fantastic a good combo. It's like Long like Old. Yeah, it encompasses. It's like us um, as a podcast. Yeah, it's like mm -hmm. if uh, Law and Order and Family Double Dare mesh together for a. I love sure. it. All right, so we're covered deep red. Uh, let's get into our uh, tagline for the movie. A jazz pianist and a wisecracking journalist are pulled into a complex web of mystery after the former witnesses a brutal murder of a psychic. Yeah, okay. yeah it's pretty. It's yeah. a bit, it's a lot. I would have, I feel like we usually get a little less. It's just maybe more specific. It could have just been like, a guy witnesses a murder and tries to figure it out. <laughs> tries to. <laughs> and uses his English sensibilities to figure it out. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But pretty overall, that's pretty good. Yeah. Who made the movie? Uh, Deep Red was directed by Dario Argento, who also wrote the movie alongside uh, Bernard mm -hmm. Bernardino. Go ahead. Bernardino Zapponi. I just think of Zapponi. Bernardino Zapponi. Bernardino Zapponi. Oh, uh, <laughs> oh, boy. Oh, boy. Here we go. Uh, with some of our key players in the film are uh, David Hemmings as Marcus Daly. Daly? Daly? Uh, Daria Nicoletti as uh, Gianna Grezzi, 
uh, Gabriel Latina as Carlo and Macho Merritt as Helgo Ullman. Now, with our key players in place, let's uh, let loose the meat cleaver because it's time for the gory. Fatality. Basically, on a scale of one to ten, Psycho to the Sadness. How gory is this film? What do you think, Sam? <sighs> Tough. I hadn't thought about it until now because I like to be ultra prepared. And <laughs> it's... Nuh-uh. Nuh-uh. Oh, uh, four? I'm, I'll go four. Okay. All right. Two. Um, I feel like maybe two and two or three and one for intensity to frequency. Because we certainly don't get much. But what we get is... I don't even know how to rate what we get, to be honest. What four do you think? So four? Yeah, <laughs> four point five. What okay. uh yeah, what do you what do you think, Bry Guy? I get a six, a two for consistency with a four for intensity. I mean there's oh my. I yeah, I honestly I'm mirroring yours. I gave it a six, I gave it a two point five for consistency and a three point five for intensity. Just because like it was there are this isn't a high body count, but the body count you get, like it is pretty intense. Great. I'm like at a one or two for consistency. So I think that probably is why I'm lower. Yeah, sure. No, I, <laughs> that's understandable. I mean, like, yeah, there's not, this isn't uh this isn't a very high body count movie. It's just a more gorier body count movie. Oh yeah. You've got a button for this. Who is the horror former? All right. So what kind of sub genre genres, what are we throwing this in? I think well, from what I understand, it's uh, G- Jello. Jello. <laughs> uh, it's a Jello. Jello. Uh, yes, uh, it is a, a specific Italian horror slasher movie. Giallos were uh, mystery, um, oh, not horror, but more like mysteries. I understand they're whodunits, and you saw people with black gloves are like a big. Well, more specifically, when these the books were written, trope. they always had yellow spines. So the spines of the book, uh, they so they were just referred to as giallos. And so mm-hmm. when they started making movies of them, they kind of because giallo. that's yellow. Yes, <laughs> it's very straightforward. It's there's not a whole lot of like um, it's like there's pulp. not a huge mystery. Yeah, it's like a pulp. Exactly, it's the same thing. Um, yeah. So it's like I guess yeah, it's like a slasher whodunit. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. I, and not much more than that. Yeah, Italian. <laughs> Ooh, is this a hangout movie or a solo movie, guys? What do you? What? How are you feeling on that? I, in the spirit of this question, I feel it. It's in the solo side of things. You, I feel like it could be done as a hangout for sure, but you're still not really like, yeah, being rambunctious. You know, you're just oh, totally. kind of into the movie. Yeah, I had. This yeah, a, I agree. Yeah, I had this as a close hang or solo. Um, I just feel like with a lot of jellos. Or more like the whodunit style ones. There's you just get lost in the sauce if there's too many people around. Like I feel like there's like dialogue and visuals you kind of have to get into if you're kind of like the purpose is getting into like the whodunit aspect of the movie. You know. Sure. Yeah, I think it's also just like the tone of this one and maybe other giallos. You know, but mm-hmm. whereas some like when I think of Scream, that'd be a both for sure. Oh, totally. Mm-hmm. Is this for beginners? Yeah, I would say yes. Um, yeah. Yeah. I wish I had seen this before now. 
that someone was like, oh, you're getting into horror? Check this out. Check these. Yeah. Check this weird subsection out. Yeah, I, I would definitely agree. I would say um, this is a pretty decent one, especially since it's got like it's gory, but the body count isn't super crazy. So it's not like, you know, I feel like if you want to kind of slowly oh, get into absolutely. it, you know, as mm-hmm. the atmospheric. So it's just perfect for like checking out the vibes of horror films. <laughs> exactly. The Chuttle Harbinger of Doom. Is he saying anything? about this movie guys i didn't have any heavy warnings no i um the only two that i had is um i'm not a hundred percent sure but i'm pretty sure there's actual animal death in this oh yeah so absolutely there's for sure animal death in this i forgot about that Uh, yes and there's to clarify like it's Lizard. Tom Savini was working on. The he set was that definitely day. fucking yeah. working on this movie. That's, that's a note of mine. We can just say it now. Yeah. <laughs> um, besides that, I, there's only one or two instances of like um, some homophobic remarks, but it's more in context of the character remarks than like a general theme. So, but yeah, I would, it's the F slur. I want to say it's even. Yeah, I want to call this movie homophobic. Yeah. Um, yeah, but I would say animal death because there's definitely dead animals in this. Yeah. So who picked it? Why and history? Um, I picked this one, guys. Surprise, surprise. Because um, this is one of the first Italian slashers that I uh, I never actually had a chance to sit down and watch. So when I first got Shudder, this was one of the first ones that was on that, like when the streaming oh, service first came out. And I was like, oh. I've, I've always heard about Deep Red. I've just never seen Deep Red. And most of the Italian cinema that I've seen is mostly like full cheese zombie, like any like most undead movies, Italian mm-hmm. that I kind of ventured into, but never really into like slashers. And uh, wow, did I get on a huge rabbit hole after Deep Red? I bet because I feel like I'm probably going to be doing the same. <laughs> um, I think what this is your guys' first viewing of this, right? First viewing yes. of this or any giallo or really Italian cinema. It's just something I've heard about and never dipped my toe into. And again, now I feel like a bright eyed little boy that's like, oh, this is what everybody's talking about. Wow. I'm, I'm going <laughs> to be in here for a while. <laughs> yeah. My first experience with it too. So, oh, nice. Well, awesome. Uh, okay. Well, now would be a good time to pause the episode and check out Deep Red if we've kind of piqued your interest on it. Uh, now, nah, let's just buckle. Listen. Just <laughs> now, let's buckle up in an Italian imported car as we take the spoiler zone. Sorry, that was great. I every time with that fucking spoiler zone. I, I know it just. And you say this every I time know, too. I know. I know. I'm just. Uh, <laughs> I'll get over it. Uh, let's get into a little bit of uh, IMDb behind the scenes for this okay. movie. Um, co-writer Zapponi uh, said the inspiration behind most of the murder scenes uh, came from him and Argento thinking of painful injuries that the audience could relate to. Um, oh, nice. basic. Yeah. <laughs> Which is cool. Isn't that sweet? Uh yeah. Basically, not everyone knows the pain of being shot by a gun, but everyone at some point has probably been struck, like hit furniture or been scalded by hot water. Or, you know, so like a lot of these deaths are from in-house traumas, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, 
Very similar to our Friday the 13th Part 4 episode with our black nails, the close-up shots of the killer's hands clad in black leather gloves were performed by director Argento himself. So every time you see the hands, that's Argento. That's cool. In one scene, David Hemmings walks past the blue bar at night. The bar is stylized after the famous painting Nighthawks by Edward Hopper. Uh, That's not Mm -hmm. the only Edward Hopper reference in this movie either. Um, There is a woman in a hat. I think it's, I even have like the, it's in 47 minutes and two seconds, uh, 47 minutes and 19 seconds. Um, There is a woman in a hat that can be sitting down uh, holding a cup of coffee. This woman is stylized after the famous painting Automat from 1927 by Hopper. Uh, Shy of the, like the diner, this is the second reference movie. They must've really loved this painter. This is fantastic because I, this is again, I I like, it's all Friday the 13th references for me, but uh, David Hemming and Daria uh, Nicolotti rehearsed the arm wrestling scene 70 times. Driving Argento fucking mad because he hated. I it. Why the fuck do you need to do that? Why so would you have to times? do that so many times? <laughs> like that's literally twice the amount of time for than the 3D shots in driving who mad? Uh, Argento because he hated to repeat things too many times. Why did he have to? Why did he have him rehearse seventy times? Then? No, the they rehearsed, and he was like, "Stopped it! No, you guys, it's fine. Just oh, stop." They it. were they were con- that they consisting kept of doing it, and he was like, "Please stop! Like, I don't. No, no, no. I want you. Okay, just could just stop." <laughs> wow. Um, and then this one isn't necessarily directly related to the movie, but more about like actors and stuff like that. Um. I'm going to horribly wreck this name. Uh, Lino Capaliccio, Capaliccio uh, was the first choice of director Dario Argento to play the role of Mark. A car accident on the way to meet Argento prevented him from taking the role. In an interview, he recalled that after some time, when he had a chance to see again the car in which he had the accident, um, the only things that were in there was the script Argento sent him, which was completely stained in blood. Whoa. Oh. That's cool. Yeah. <laughs> oh. Awesome. Macabre, dude. <laughs> All right. Um, I guess it's a great time just to hop on into the movie. Movie time. Um, we don't even get a title card, guys, and there's already a murder. It's Christmas Carnage with that goddamn kid song that is so creepy. I fucking love that song. It needs, I'm sure somebody's made it into a beat, but that <laughs> it would be, it's like, what? it's the perfect sample. I can think of like a million great beats to make with that. <laughs> totally. Do it. Don't talk about it. Be about it. Oh. I want it. I want to hear it. All right. Just, I, I right. it's just that it's the <laughs> shadow play too, where you're just seeing the person getting hacked to shit just by a shadow, and then weird child boot leggings come up, mm-hmm. off-putting. Um, good shadow play, good shadow, like very old timey when they would like dress little boys like little girls, kind of. Yes. <laughs> uh, uh, the title. All right, so I have to make this point because I. When I watch, I watch this twice, uh, once with my wife and then once alone. Figured out this time. I didn't watch it twice alone with my wife. Uh, 
Right. <laughs> I hate to say this because she brought it up. And then when I started listening to it, that the intro title sequence seriously has some Halloween piano vibes. And this was done before Halloween. Like it has the same cadence with piano sequence. The like right afterwards where they said deep red and then has all the actors names and stuff like the intro song mm. had okay. some Halloween vibes to it, which was like. I didn't get it the first time. In the second watch, I was like, oh, wow, it really does. I don't recall. I just recall the, the funky music. Oh, there's like the funk throughout. jazz that happens when everybody gets murdered, which is hilarious. <laughs> I love it so much. I knew Sam would be real into that. It's good, though. <laughs> no, this one is like more of like a piano kind of like it's like right after the intro sequence. And it just has the like, but it just literally has the same cadence as Halloween's thing. Um, before I get before I dive into it I have to really comment the cinematography in this fucking movie is insane in a lot of good ways sometimes yes. it's kind of bonkers in other ways but generally speaking uh, this is such a beautifully shot movie like I don't think that's anything my, is bonkers I love everything about this it's my biggest compliment in the movie is the cinematography and the composition used it yes it's it's beautifully composed it's beautifully shot the lighting is awesome the locations are used really really well yeah. and everything is shot just with a purpose it made me think of like you know like uh, if you were to take like an indie film and it's like it's it really depends on the filmmaker who's making yeah. it and if they're able to compose and actually make a good shot because you can throw some filmmaker into a beautiful location but if they don't know how to frame it right it can still look like shit Looks or light crazy. it properly this is I, I don't know that was just one of the random thoughts that i went through because i was like everything about this is just so uh, it, it makes you think about the artistry of filmmaking. exactly like i was like i wish i knew more about filmmaking going into talking about this movie specifically because of I just appreciate that aspect of it without even being able to fully oh. pontificate about it. You know <laughs> what I mean? It's just like so technically amazing, the the shots. That's some of the biggest compliments with, I mean, especially like spaghetti westerns and stuff like that, where like they were the first ones to really like harness in like crane boom shots to like these Euro grandos kind of effects. Like they, the Italians really take cinematography seriously and it's all really, really structured and has a huge point. I mean, that being like the, the the psychic theater scene, the intro to that, where you have like the drapes open up and like and the comes swooping shot comes that goes through. through. Yes. I also really do appreciate. And the balance within the theater once it comes in. Yes. Like, it's just so fucking cool. I also really like the fact that like sometimes in this movie, it's like a cinematic pump fake where you don't know if it's an establishing shot or a POV. Where it's like, because there's a few scenes, like there's a, the Peter practicing on his piano where like the, the it kind of rushes in through the curtain and then just oh, zooms I love in that. on him. It starts at the street and comes up and then goes through the curtain. Exactly. So it almost yes. looks like it's a person, but it's the camera. And then you have other scenes right. where it's like at um, the uh, bathtub lady's house where it's like the maid looks back and then you have this like weird pan in and then like moving left shot where you realize that you're looking at that shot as a POV and the characters seeing someone else right it's just oh so good yeah uh the the framing in the first scene with carlo where he's drunk by the fountain and you get that diner um and the yes. the statue or actually i think it's later than when there's 
separate when they're going their separate ways so they're on opposite sides of the fountain oh the giant the statue. framing of that is just it's funny so good <laughs> it's so good <laughs> uh it's funny because it's actually supposed to be set in rome but it's in a different town it's i think it's tutlin tutlin that is the one I'm- i thought that that's what i thought watching it actually i'm glad you said that because that was bothering me i was like this is supposed to be rome but this is clearly tutland um <laughs> I think I don't. Know. It's t- uh, yeah. It's a T. That's the one thing from the IMDb that I did not um, uh, write down. Helga Ullman. It's okay. Starts, I, I get your joke still. Sam, good job. Uh, Helga Ullman starts her show and reads the room. Now she is a psychic, but I really like the like the logical explanation. Like this isn't esoteric or like magic or anything like that this is just like a skill she has it can be she just reads people and it does it's like not about telling the future and shit like that um everything goes okay until it doesn't (laughs) (laughs) i like that she's the guy who has the keys in his pocket she's like oh yeah your first name is this and your last name i hope i'm saying this correctly is this it's like did she read his last name written down in his mind or or like in his wallet or it, however she saw it she didn't she hear it able to say it she just saw it yeah. so yeah. the guy must she, have been like thinking about his id card or she something she literally reads minds it appears as text in her head yes it comes up like a profile yeah, like yeah. it comes up it's like it Facebook looks like a myspace profile actually <laughs> oh, okay looks like really early yeah. myspace there's a song uh-huh. and everything. That's cool. Uh, yeah. It takes a while. <laughs> Little to did load. you know that the psychics, it's actually a thing. I mean, all psychics see you in as a MySpace, MySpace profile. As an early MySpace profile. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> this has happened way before MySpace was a thing. This has happened since MySpace was a thing. Sure. <laughs> so it's just how it is. Ask them. Yeah. They might tell you. <laughs> Maybe. Uh, Depends what your profile says. <laughs> Well, someone's profile was not great at that sit- at that theater thing um, because she Ooh, yeah. has a full meltdown. Uh, she reads the mind of a maniac <laughs> and starts getting details of a horrific murder, sharp like a thorn. I like that that's the description of like those penetrating thoughts it was like per- perverse and bloody or perverse and death, like maniacal thoughts of a madman. Mm-hmm. Just the, the dialogue that is fantastic in this movie as well i really just like it's not like it's one of those things where it's not really how people talk but it sounds cool yes <laughs> yeah there's a lot of that oh yeah sure um whether it's like comedically tongue-in-cheek stuff like the cops are just literally the comedic relief the entire time in this movie uh the the chief is the captain or good <laughs> bonkers uh um, something else <laughs> i love the water scene in this where like they hand her a cup of water and she literally just goes and just the second it gets in her mouth it just dribbles all the way (laughs) like no attempt to swallow water whatsoever well she's still like rattled or something right or still having visions oh yeah that kind of what's happening she's like a child in a house death blood our blood we must hide everything in the house forget it we gotta forget about it forever and while she's having this like freak out we do get the pov of whoever this may be like getting up and leaving the theater Right. Which leads to the bathroom scene, which I really like a lot, where it's the unisex bathroom that the 
are I, maniacs. I thought the sink was outside of the bathroom because that guy's about to go into the men's room and there's a woman's room next to him. Oh, maybe that's it. I don't know. I always read it as a unisex bathroom just because of how crappy the bathroom or like the tile and everything. It looks window. terrible. Terrible. Yeah. Horrible. <laughs> Worst part of the theater to wash your hands. I do like the warped just though because you actually get to see her, like the reflection of this maniac as they put on the gloves. Um, <laughs> the only thing I think fucking Helga fucked up is that like as I think everybody's problem, honestly, in this movie is going like when she's about to leave the theater, Helga is like, oh, I know exactly who the killer is and I'm going to write it down in my notes tonight. <laughs> like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I need to write it all down and then you can check and then it out. You can check like, it out. Hmm. Not. I know who the murderer is. I'm going I'll to be tell doing you that at 10 p.m. alone in my apartment <laughs> at 5151 <laughs> West Berlin Street or whatever. It's, like, like it's so everybody. Like I, I don't understand it. Like I would be like, okay, well, I'm going to also it. go to the police, which, which is a big fucking mistake because we get the minute. And then she's like, oh, but then she also does like. Huh, I just had that feeling again, like they're still here or something, basically. It's just wafting but, in no, the air. They, they left. There's nobody here. Of course they left. Yeah. They're not just lurking in the shadows behind that pillar. Anyway, if you didn't hear me before, that was 5151 <laughs> West Berlin Street. I'm going to be there. Don't. Writing down exactly who the killer Killers is. In my notes with my door unlocked. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh. If you want to come by, just knock. Uh, I'll be careful. Honestly, about don't it. even knock. Just walk through. <laughs> Let yourself in. Just, just, <laughs> just let yourself in. Just mosey through my nightmare gallery, and I'll just be sitting there just taking a bunch of notes. Oh, man. hallway um, <laughs> spooky faces. Oh, my God. I mean, okay, so. <laughs> we'll get there. All right. We get this insane fucking shot of the miniature table, which has, like, a bunch of zoomed-in shit. So we've got, like, yarn voodoo dolls. Uh, messed up drawings, handmade trinkets, marbles, super rad music. This is okay. So, like, if you didn't, yes. if you weren't prepared for the soundtrack, you're, I was not. You're going like this is like a primer where you're like, oh, I'm getting like funky jazz bass while just tightly zoomed in on a bunch Incredible. of different objects and stuff. I absolutely love the music. It's a band called Goblin. It yes, mm. Goblin's fantastic for all of this movie and a lot of films, films. a lot of, a lot of movies. I love the Satan figure that weird. It has like a blown out eyeball. It looks it's got. Yeah. Oh yeah. It's Mm -hmm. no spelled backwards. (laughs) This is their kingdom. (laughs) What if that's how they got the name? Oh, I know this is pre (laughs) that, but mm -hmm. all right. So again, also kind of a primer for our murders. Uh, We get a zoomed in black makeup and here we fucking go. Someone's doing their eyeliner. They're going out tonight and they're going to kill. Helga's taking notes (laughs) about her encounter at the theater. Um, I cannot stress to our listeners that didn't watch the movie first and are just listening to us. How fucking nightmare inducing the front hallway of Helga's apartment. These are the scariest, most off-putting paintings I think I've seen in like, but they're never. It's pretty cool. But they're never brought I think up. They're very. They're cool. awesome. Yeah, like, I would own I would, every I mean, single one of them. You have scarier stuff in your house, Ross. Oh, one hundred percent. But okay, they're scary enough that someone should have said something about them. You know what I mean? Like they're so, like they're because there's also like people will comment on. There's them like for sure. thirty of them. So it's not like no. there's like a spooky painting and then like dogs playing poker. Like we're getting straight up hellscape screaming, agonizing faces 
for a solid it's a hallway it's a hallway a very long hallway yeah i don't know maybe it's a cultural thing maybe we're missing some sort of difference there where it's the most know, italian hallway you could possibly find. like everyone has their entryway filled with the ghosts sure right of whatever <laughs> the ghost. they're supposed to ward off evil the like, ghost intruders. Of whatever. like if you walk in you're like Ugh, i'm leaving this house alone oh my God. didn't work it didn't work <laughs> uh helga goes to the door and her spider senses. I keep all my sorry. I keep all my scary, scary pictures by the doors. So oh, when the intruder comes in. They'll ski it. They'll, they'll see it. Oh, oh my god! I can't rob this place. This is horrifying. Ow, that actually makes sense. It's like a nice anti-theft uh, thing. ADT. We make scary pictures. <laughs> just paint scary pictures and send them to your shuttle, house. Shuttle home protection. Yeah, yeah. it's just that. We do not guarantee it at all. It's more of a deterrent but than a large. If system. you want to sign up. 20 bucks a month. It's in our Patreon. We'll a pitch, new picture every month. <laughs> to ward off evil. To this day, this opening scene with Helga, or the not opening scene, but this, this first attack is like fucking bonkers. Helga goes to the door, her spider senses start tingling, and then we don't even get time to react because the door gets kicked in, and this fucking meat cleaver gets stuck directly in Helga's shoulder. Like, I think the first time watching this, I went, oh, fuck. Okay. <laughs> I was like, oh, shit. Bright-ass blood. <laughs> it's That's great. I love shit. it. But- <laughs> yeah, it's so stylized. But it's also, like, really gory, too. I mean, like, she gets hacked the fuck up, like, I think, like, a few more times, like, crawling away from her tackle. <sighs> I didn't find it that gory. I mean, it's violent and it's like, violent. Yes, brutal. The gore is, but the gore itself, I find she gets hit lacking. and you see the hits, but it's like again right. this very bright, bright red, red blood, and it's not like gushing it happens or a few times. Out. No. It's just like a red. I line. think it's the at- intensity of the depth of these wounds. You know what I mean? Because like they're using obviously like prop bodies and stuff like that. So like the thunk go- goes in. It's like a Friday the Thirteenth level of like machete in you. You know what I mean? Like. I don't know. I, I first time watching that got me. Mm. Uh, mm-hmm. Now we get introduced to hot English stud Marcus, who finds his wasted friend Carlo also outside the famous diner. Uh, that dude's wasted. He's fucking yeah. really drunk. Um, he's a lounge musician. Uh, like he says in his drunk rant, surviving by making music. And uh, Marcus is a teacher at the conservatory. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he he's plays to survive. Penist. Yeah. Yeah. He is he, uh Well, Marcus plays to for art. Well, it's just two different kinds he's of- proletariat. He's the bourgeoisie. The difference between them is purely political. Well, I mean, I think like some pianists, um, some takes a few drinks to kind of get it going. Um, and the other one kind of just is a pianist for- to the art's sake, you well, know. Well, and I'm I'm sure that the one, if he has too many, he can't get it going <laughs> at all. It's, yeah, it seems that way. I think with Carlo, Carlo, it's kind of like it's a weird, uncanny valley where it's like you know, if I have if I have enough drinks, I can be a pianist. But if I have too many, um, I just he's a drunk dude. I, my note for this scene was '70s Italy seems dope. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I mean, God, cool what locations. Back- yeah, yeah, it seems like I love the way they dress, um, where they are, the way they're lit. <laughs> oh my God! Yeah, well, that um, that statue too, I think, is for specifically like one of the main waterways. I mean, they, I mean, dude, just the sculptures and the architecture out there mm-hmm. is just fucking insane. 
So they're out there kind of chit-chatting. He's trying to get Carlo back to his uh, gig so he doesn't get fired. Uh, and then they both hear a scream. Uh, it's bad. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> he leaves Carlo and Marcus sees Helga uh, as she's kind of like at the window. Uh, gets cleavered. It breaks the window and impales her throat. Yeah. Mm. Mm, 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 mm. Uh, runs past the hall and the paintings gets to Helga and sees a uh, person in a fedora and a brown raincoat walking away eye shot of Carlo um, that uh, I think the removing Helga from the uh, from the broken window that was such a weird choice I all yeah. of he, he immediately runs up there and it's like oh my gosh just lift this person up that's like choices. Marcus yeah. is a master of breaking and entering. Um, he also likes to foul up evidence at any given point. Um, there, he has crashed. Well, this isn't the, the first murder. This isn't going to be the first murder scene. I was about up. who he was at this point, too, because then, yeah, he just goes into our apartment. So I'm like, why is he just going into this person's apartment? Yeah, that's what I thought. Because then he's just right? hanging out with the cops and right. the crime and they seem scene to be later. Deferring to him, they're like answering yeah. his questions about what's going on. Dude, it's so <laughs> weird. It's like I think he went up there to help her or to like stop whoever well, was doing it. Obviously, sure. doesn't see the person, and then removes the body, which is clearly dead. I think he cops a feel too, which is a little creepy, and then. Yeah, he's getting interrogated by the cops afterwards, but also they also have an espresso break. I think it's the most Italian (laughs) cop scene I've ever seen. (laughs) He's just like passing out like they're tiny little cops and everyone just like takes it. It's a thing. I I love it. I'm like, God, I want to be there. This seems like the life. Dude, all of these cops are hilarious. Like while this is going on, there's like a guy (laughs) with like a bulldog face in the background. He's like, and just like storms off. Whoever the lead detective is with his like eyebrow and whatever overdub for his voice is, all of it is, he like has a certain tilt to the way he carries his body. Well, yeah, the choices he makes are fantastic. I love it. Bonkers. Cause there's like comedic elements to this movie. And like the cops in this movie are literally, I think just like, specifically supposed to be just ridiculous almost slapstick to a certain extent interesting i don't think it goes that far but um it not yeah i I mean maybe not it knocks on that door though um i think it's pretty slapsticky in the uh car scene (laughs) yes his seat falls down and then like the (laughs) the flapping the cops that's not the cops yeah, yeah, yeah yeah That's true. Uh, but who owns that car? Uh, Gianna, the journalist, shows up and wants the scoop um, and an unsolicited picture of Marcus. Uh, I'll get to it later. I, I if oh man, I'm surprised so many witnesses live in Italy because the second someone witnesses a murder, it's definitely in a newspaper and also on the news with their full name. Like, maniac on the loose, and this man is the only person that can ID him or her. I think it's so funny that Italian media just gives this guy a death sentence the second. Well, she does. I don't, I I missed it saying uh, on Uh, the news. There's a tell, yeah, there's like a television scene. Uh, We'll get to that point, but it's literally they zoom in on the TV, and it's just like, well, the only person that can solve it who can ID the killer is this man who is also in this apartment (laughs) building. It's like, wait, what? (laughs) 
<laughs> I remember when he thanks Gianna for it. He's like, oh, thanks for putting me in the paper as a witness of the killer. Because she's just like, that's okay. And then they go and get in that tiny ass car. I'm like, what? Absolutely, like, dude. That's so, it's like, oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, that's fine. I- um we also have um one of uh argento's character tropes is our one of our main characters is desperately trying to remember something or something is off and he's trying to use his memory to recollect what was going on Mm. that is a huge trope in argento movies so much so it's in the special features um yes okay so the car scene is legit prop comedy um yeah it reminded me, I had a friend with a shitty car like that. He'd have to like climb in through the back and start it with the screwdriver and oh, shit. Yeah. And I remember one time <laughs> yeah. we were driving in his car. He's like, everybody makes fun of it, but it's not that bad. And he went to flip his sun visor down and it just fell off into his lap. <laughs> the timing could not have been better. That was pretty good. Great. Oh, Brian knows him. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, all right. So we get uh, what better way to start an investigation than we get a theatrical reenactment of the entire first scene done by the two guys that were there. Um, this scene is all right. I just, the only thing that weirds me out, and it happens like two or three times in the movie, there's the middle of a dialogue or something, and then it just fades to black. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. for no reason. It happens. I think there's like one or other two times. I thought there was something. In the same scene at, like, at the very end with the the guy who was friends with the psychic lady from the beginning. I don't know what his name is, but he's like by himself drinking wine and it fades to black and then comes back up and it's just on the other side of the desk of him drinking wine in the same spot. <laughs> I was like, oh, that was a weird one. <laughs> All right, so the next scene that we get to, I think, is probably one of the weirdest, but also kind of funniest scenes for me. Um, being nervous is art. being nervous is his artistic temperament. Um, the entire satire of the most meek and nervous man in the movie doing a complete misogynistic rant is hilarious to me. Like arm wrestling scene, almost is interesting. <laughs> It is. And then getting like and then getting beaten in arm wrestling and then having like a child's meltdown after it. Um I find it really funny because it's like She did lift her elbow. On pe- she- <laughs> you lift your elbow. If you're not gonna play by the rules, I don't want to play like that entire thing of just this man baby having this huge meltdown and having this random massage. I thought it was so funny because it just shows how stupid that is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. You know what I mean? And it's like, it's such a funny way to have like, to introduce that and then still have like, not, not to like a misogynistic culture, but like have it on paper. It reads a certain way, but then when you act it out with specifically with that character, it is a very satirical moment in that movie. And I love that because it just shows how empowered, like, I don't know. Also, the fact they did 70 takes on that, I think, is fucking fantastic. Horrible. That's wild. Uh, it, it, it doesn't show. <laughs> I mean, I like that scene. I, I think it's a memorable scene for being what it is. I think this whole movie is just a bunch of memorable scenes. But the I, I don't get the putting 70 takes into it. And I, I agree with you that like 
it's kind of interesting, especially for the time that they're even commenting on feminism or masculinity at all in this movie. But mm-hmm. it's, uh, to me, it also paints out our main guys just like, wait, is, does he kind of suck? Like, is our neighbor piano teacher just kind of, who's now a detective, like kind of yeah. shitty? They're just weird people. Yeah. I think that's, what's fun about some of these Jello movies is that like the, sometimes the main, what you would consider the main good guy isn't necessarily a good person. They're just sure. kind of just a, a schlub that kind of just got brought into yeah. it. You I'm know? not saying I dislike it, but I mean, I, it is what it is. I, I do like at the end of the scene, she's like, oh, I'm going to come with you. He's like, look, lady, you know, he's like, I'm a piano teacher. I can't have a li- liberated woman helping me investigate the murder of my neighbor. OK, like, you, listen, investigative journalist, you go do your thing. I know what I'm doing. And then he goes, we'll see you tonight. Well, like a little later, he goes, I don't know. I like how he goes, I'll never see you again tonight. Maybe. All right, a little later, sure. And then she does the coolest <laughs> cigarette spin I've ever seen in my cigarette life. Cigarette spin, all caps, like literal all caps. Made me want to smoke, not smoke a cigarette, but have a cigarette and learn to do it. <laughs> and learn how to do that because it was so fast and fucking cool looking. Um, Jesus Christ. Mark, Marcus goes to Carlo's house and we meet his mom, uh, mm-hmm. who's super off. Uh, she is an actress who uh, stopped at actressing acting doing that acting gig acting the acting ding acting ding uh after carlo um i just i think the ongoing hey you're an engineer right no i'm a i'm a i'm a, I'm a pianist oh so you're an engineer pianist yeah <laughs> it's like well, no, she's I don't. supposed to be senile right that's the yeah a little, supposed cuckoo. To be a little mm-hmm. light-hearted scene i think there with him having to like keep being like oh i play piano she's like oh piano and you're supposed to be like <laughs> oh, oh piano, this is so good. He goes, let's play together. No, absolutely not. I'm getting the fuck out of here. Um, so we got to Carlo's a lover's apartment. So this scene is really interesting because uh, the act. The, well, okay. Marcus goes over to Carlo's, uh, Carlo's uh, just this apartment. And then uh, the door opens and we get a, um, I don't know if it's supposed to be transvestite or trans character in this. They don't really define it, but um, it's weird because this role actually is a woman actress dressed as a man who's dressed as a woman. Oh, interesting. Yeah. And because Italian movies, uh, at least at this time, had just everything is dubbed. So like uh, it's kind of just how they're used to watching cinema. So they just dubbed all of her audio with a male actor. Right. And we say dubbed, it's all in English dubbed over in In English English again. It's not like... Yeah, English which is an ongoing theme. Speaking Italian. <laughs> yeah, which, okay, so we did, I did kind of like off pod um, kind of to bring this up and kind of rant about it, is that like there's a lot of different explanations to Italian cinema for just dubbing everything. That's a real big keynote for their films is that there's really no original audio to a lot of their movies. Um, that's up until maybe like the eighties or nineties. So in 75, they would still like not record audio and then just re-record everything post. Um, so yeah, they, they had conversations about like, uh, because of, um, 
like some talk about like World War II, where like the propaganda department wanted to have all audio, so they would redub everything. Other ones were like because of all of the equipment was so loud that they couldn't actually get normal audio on set and had to dub it. And then at a certain point, the audiences were so used to dubbed dialogue, especially from like foreign markets and stuff like that, is that they just everything was dubbed no matter what. So now, yeah, so now you have a female actress who's just getting dubbed by a male actor. Um, so, yeah, Carlos convictionally drunk and at this point kind of been ousted out of the closet. Um, also kind of losing his mind because his lover's basically saying that, like, that he's just been drinking and ranting and yeah. sh- they were about to call the, the like Definitely the cops or the hospital. He's having a breakdown. Yeah. And he kind of just tells Marcus kind of like back off. And then I, I hate this explanation where he goes, I just have this morbid curiosity. It's like you're not a detective. You're you're just this is I don't know. Yeah. I'm so just a neighbor. So confused. <laughs> just an upstairs yeah, neighbor. Just curious about it. It's like all the people on the internet now that do sure. like you know sleuthing around. He was just he's just a way ahead it was of his, his time. neighbor. He was lucky enough that the I feel like he could go and be there, and the cops didn't care. And he's like, "Well, fuck it, <laughs> fuck it. I'll just do it. I'll, <laughs> I'm gonna I'm run with do this. <laughs> I've read Sherlock Holmes. This is easy." Uh, okay. Oh, so this scene is at when the news hits, like they pan past them talking when he's drunk out of the apartment and they zoom in on the television, which basically shows his photo again and goes like, well, this is the only man who can identify the murderer. Um, so officially, holy shit, obviously looks like Marcus is next. Um, this is when we get that awesome boom shot or the shot in through the street, through the curtains oh, into yes. where and then this, scene, this whole I love this scene sequence so much too. God, Fucking Marcus practicing piano is so fucking notes. All of my notes on this are just the cinematography is insane from the close up of like the strings being hit, the pan zoom shot of all the notes being written Mm -hmm. down as it goes through the. Oh, my God. Fucking in love with this. scene. I can just watch it. Then we we go to the tape recorder playing that kid's song and it's like this zoomed up type shot. Super zoomed in tape recorder and then kind of pans above it and all this sort of storytelling just with music like so so creepy dude and notice that something might be off so he's he grabs like a weapon but keeps playing the piano to make it seem like he's just unaware oh my god him holding the statue practicing and sweating profusely as the shadow of a person goes through and is just hit the floor is so fucking good also the po (sighs) the pov shot like when the the plaster drops down on the piano Mm -hmm. and then we get the pov of the killer on the roof above the uh glass getting in through that door is also fucking. you could watch this whole sequence with the sound off and still kind of get everything that's going on 100 the only thing that i actually needed subtitles for was um like the phone rings he fucking closes the door and then the I've never, honestly, never caught it until I had uh, subtitles uh, on. The killer yes. whispers through the door, this time you're safe, I'll kill you anyway, sooner or later. And then just fucking bolts. Fucking powerful. I thought, I was like, <laughs> damn. In like a low grumble. Oh my God. And then I, I, his response is so British. He's like, there is a killer absolutely trying to kill me. <laughs> <laughs> It's just such a fucking funny way of saying that. Uh, and then, yeah, obviously we get the same person fucking running out with a trench coat and shit like that. <laughs> I like, 
I this is such such a weird choose your own adventure style where like he goes back to the psychic squad and one of them's like, well, it's a paranoid schizophrenic. It could be anybody and probably someone close to you. And then the other guy's like, it's probably a ghost about this screaming child. I read and, this book um, of modern just... ghost stories. <laughs> you should go like, to the wait, library. Should <laughs> totally go to the library. Um, that fucking Marcus is such a badass. Not only does he break into almost every location that he goes to from this point on um he's breaking laws like just fucking he just fucks up italian property left and right including ripping out page couldn't ask for a photocopy uh couldn't just just he had to physically rip this page out of the book i assume they didn't have photocopiers but maybe they did you just had to rip the pages back then Back then, mm-hmm. yeah, it was just shock full of. Oh, also the restaurant scene where they're trying to commute. Like, was it Gianna and Marcus are trying to talk to each other? One's in the kitchen and the other one's in the office. Is a fucking SNL skit. Like, it's straight up. It's just a comedy bit the entire time. Mm-hmm. Just the yelling and the like. Just could the- you turn the steam down a little bit, please? <laughs> <laughs> Why is this machine even here? Yeah. Good day, sir. Um, oh, uh, BT dubs, we get another eyeliner scene and we get psychedelic fever breams, uh, set up cause we get our next kill. Yay. Yay. And it's a weird one too. Um, gentlemen, I have a question to ask you. If you walked out of your house, came back into your house and there was a doll hanging by a noose, would you walk the 10 miles to the nearest town? Because it is fucking insane that that woman stayed in that house after seeing that. Probably tool up, take him out. Take oh, him wow. Out. Tough boy. I wouldn't Ooh. be concerned. He would have seen my scary pictures and never came in. <laughs> oh, that's true. That's very true. Did I, wait a he second. Would, did I put up he this baby seen, news? It would have been on, left on the porch, like in front of the door would have been the left door. open. It, on yeah. the ground would be a doll with a noose around it. <laughs> There's going to be a note that's going to say, this was supposed to be inside. <laughs> this was, this is, sorry, this was supposed to be inside. Imagine you found this hanging in your living room. <laughs> <laughs> but, like, it makes it even worse. Like, she leaves and the bus it's is ridiculous. leaving. I would have ran to the bus. Like, I would have just been like, wait, hold on, wait a second. Because she goes back in and all the lights are off. It's like she walked out, the whole house was lit up, and she walks back in, it's pitch black. I would have been like, all right, double fuck this. Like, this is, this is dumb. Nope. Huge bag of nope. I felt so bad for this goddamn bird. I know it's a fake bird with the actual impaling. (laughs) Uh, Well, the, like, it's a fake bird when they're physically impaling Mm -hmm. it. It is, it's a real bird on the ground. I don't know if that's. Is it? That looked fake to me, too. But uh, did it look like the bird just flew directly into the knitting needle? Like she was just walking around and it was like, hey, a knitting needle and it impaled right? itself. Yeah. Or the really sad version is that it knocks over and goes, mom, wait. And then just like flies towards its owner and just gets shit. Mm. And then, oh, God, now we know we're going to get into it because. That wait, were those her birds? Yeah. Yeah, I think yeah, so. Because she talked yeah, about it with the old lady before they left about how they could like mimic. All sorts of Interesting. sounds. Okay. Yeah. And then it got like not. We do get the 70s funk murder soundtrack. Oh, it's the best. That's when you know things are about. To... Oh, it's just so good. The song playing during that just... scene while she's 
getting murdered essentially before because it cuts before the pov she gets flashlight in the fucking uh hot water um, oh you mean the water. the worst bubble bath in the history of cinema brutal is i'm it? just gonna sell this right now hitchcock has the shower argento has the bath because getting drowned in scalding water until her face resembles an overcooked potato is disgusting. It's brutal. <laughs> like it's so fucked I'm, up. I was shocked by that scene. <laughs> and again, it's just it's just like the I mean, the bubbly face is like pretty good, but nothing like too crazy gory. Um yeah. it's just sort of the violence of it that the str- yeah, it's like the really tight shot and just the consistency of just how long that shot is of her struggling and then being put in the water, brought back out. Mm-hmm. I think I also like the fact that like when before she dies, obviously she makes that secret mirror message and she's kind of fucked up. But when they find her, well, <laughs> never mind. When good old breaking and entering Marcus shows up and finds her body, it's like even more pustuly and bubbly than when we left her when mm-hmm. she died. Like it's just like consistent. Like, I, like I thought before, that was just a before she gross gets touch. face bubbled, her head gets smashed into the wall, and she's kind of passed out on the ground, a little bit bloody. Yeah, but she's like got bubbly drool coming out of her mouth while mm-hmm. she's lying there, which is just a great touch and extra gooey, and you don't really see no, that. You know what I mean? Um, there's a lot of like mouth goo drippage that happens in this movie. Like psychic starts dribbling water. At a certain point, I think there's a guy who's going to pour tea all over his face and mouth. Yeah, he does. And body. <laughs> um, yeah, so yeah, Marcus shows up after this fucking murder um, and sees the murder scene and just bounces, but not before leaving a hefty amount of fingerprints because he trips over everything in that fucking house. So this, why was why did he go to this house? Because the woman who wrote the article in or part of that book who had history on that house lived there. Okay. So the killer killed her and took the book and all everything revolving around the house out of the house. Okay. I'm still actually a little confused on some of the motives and things happening there, but that doesn't bother me at all. (laughs) (laughs) What I think is also amazingly messed up is that obviously the next scene that we've got um, the – psychologist and marcus are talking i like he goes do you think they discovered the body by now i love the fact that he realized that he was going to be in two separate murder scenes one of which is so far away that he robbed like absolutely could not explain why the fuck he was all the way out there so he just left the body (laughs) oh yeah sure and then he what convinces the other guy to go check it out or something um yeah he's basically like you go to the house and see if you can like like, dig up anything you know what you're also not a policeman you should also go investigate this crime scene (laughs) right (laughs) but like this is where it gets kind of wacky because it's like you have the psychologist going to the house to just do some sleuthing at the crime scene while Marcus is trying to find the house of the screaming kid through a strange botany plant mm-hmm. subplot yeah. that happens that comes out of nowhere where it's like, well, these came from the Canary islands. We only had Canary Islands and we only had one of these batches and most of them died. They don't grow here. Let me tell you just about everything you could possibly need to know about these very specifically. <laughs> Cut to four I like, got some- greenhouses later. Oh, yeah, I had some of those. Hard to get. They're from the Canary Islands. <laughs> islands. <laughs> it's like 
does does the tree cause psychosis? Is there any? No, it just it's literally just a. Was it a MacGuffin? It's, it's the MacGuffin tree. Yeah. So I um so the guy the psychologist who goes to investigate on his own he, uh, the look of like a light bulb going off a realization he has on his face when the steam starts steaming up the room is just so bold and brash so cocky it's (laughs) he's he's so cocky the whole fucking time like he realizes it and he looks down he's like oh oh so much so that he does the same mistake helga did and tells the maid he totally knows who the killer is. <laughs> I just solved the murder, little lady. Yeah, well, I love the before then. the So he steams up the whole room and we're like, all right, he's finding out what she wrote there. And we go and we see what she wrote. And she wrote, it was, and then didn't finish what it was. Then they don't let you know. He knows. <laughs> it's like, yeah, he knows. It's like she was gasping, like, I, uh, the killer is... Is it? Oh, all that effort for nothing. Which is, oh, this is also one of my favorite shots in the movie is that he's talking to the maid. He's explaining everything. He's like, I saw this whole thing. Fuck you. Goodbye. And then like kind of just like tramps off. And then the maid turns around to the camera and just starts staring at the camera. And then like it's that's when like the viewer, it clicks like, oh, is that? Oh, fuck. Are you a person? Is this a POV? And then the camera moves to, like, hide itself. So you're like, oh, shit. Okay, so the killer came back to the house, I guess, and saw that whole fucking thing go down. Um. Okay, I have to really kind of talk about this. I know who the Um, killer is, and I am going back to my home at 2135. (laughs) I shall tell the police tomorrow afternoon after my midday jog. Afternoon. I must go home first and rest a little bit. So I will be there from 11 p.m. till about 8 in the morning. I never lock my windows. Uh, Yeah, same thing, where you're like, what the fuck? Um, Guys, can we... I need to talk about Olga. Um, what the fuck is up with this little girl? Mm. Like, this is the weirdest psychopath character for no reason. Yeah. Like, puts a pin through a lizard, which is a real lizard that they impaled in this fucking be. movie. This was, which um, I know was, they did took out. Did do the work on this movie? But we already covered that. <laughs> <laughs> right. Well, okay, so this is weird. In a DVD release, there is um, – this scene was taken out. Like 10 seconds were taken out. This was just taken out of the movie. There is an Italian cut that kind of like sloppily throws this scene back in. And again, my notes are a little hazy on this because I couldn't get enough information on it. Apparently, there's a fucking dogfight scene that's also in this movie that got cut that he just put in there, too. Weird. Interesting. No idea where that'd be in context. Glad that's to be not in there. I, very glad that's not in there. The lizard scene is just weird. And then her getting, like, slapped and then doing that like, weird licking blood and, like, smiling Fuck with that. crazy eyes. Like... What the what is fuck that are about? they doing to this kid? <laughs> yeah. It's like, what happened on this block? Like, are all kids psycho in this part of town? Marcus is like, what'd you do? She's like, nothing. My dad's crazy. <laughs> My dad's crazy. Yeah. Don't listen to him. Uh, you, gotta li- right? you, got, you gotta even listen. 
You got any lizards? What about any some lizard? small animals? You got any small animals? <laughs> uh, so Marcus investigates the house. Do you know that's anywhere now- there's dog fighting? <laughs> Is there any dog fighting? So here's my note during Marcus sneaking around this haunted house with these like beautiful windows, everything about this place and the music and everything that's going on. My note for at this part is wow this movie is really working the cockles it's <laughs> the atmosphere it's, it's just so good and the soundtrack is mm-hmm, so fucking good mm-hmm. um the house is just super creepy I, the, the mural behind the plaster there's so much stabbing so much though that he stabs his own finger with glass while trying to remove it um oh it's just glass? off-putting I just thought he got like yeah. some plaster and him from scraping well he's like doing it with his fingers and then he like picks up a broken piece of glass and tries doing it he hugs himself "Mm, a little bit i absolutely love when he gets out of the house and you can see the kid with the knife and the other person looks like they're getting stabbed and then that fucking Uh, piece of plaster falls off and you have the other person in the room so good my note for Uh, that is oh shit when the extra plaster falls off to reveal another guy outstanding (laughs) outstanding (laughs) so good it's so good uh did the thing marcus was gonna know who the killer was uh but missed that phone call uh but instead we get one of the wackiest deaths in the movie to me what is this Um, about i still can you explain why this happens so we get some all right well i mean well let's just set the scene we get some funk funk music like we get that sweet bass we when someone's gonna die like that so we get doll pump faked with the creepiest fucking what the fuck is that doll scene ever no context we haven't seen this doll before it is the size of a seven-year-old child it's like on wheels and it's like <laughs> it's a little tuxedo robot boy um it's on the poster horrifying <laughs> it's like what to the point where the ca- i don't think it's scary i think it's confusing it's um, well i just i think at with no context it makes it creepier to the point where, like, even that guy, like, mashes it and he's like, ha ha, got you. What the fuck are you? So, wait, is there no context? Absolutely none. It's just a child's toy. Because okay. it seems the fact that, like, maybe it might have been. Like a Christmas I don't even, Christmas toy or something. Christmas like, toy or What's the point of that? I mean, you also have the doll that's hanging by the yeah, news. Yeah, I don't get that either. Yeah, it's all the this, like, the. It's probably something, about something the kid. to Christmas morning-ish yeah. toys. Or, have to kill ooh have to kill in front of a child um you have that like just i don't know the doll I, who fucking punished. knows someone I mean, get punished I, I was, punish i have tuxedo robot boy what the fuck i was into it i am into it but like it's so I, weird I, and awesome like it's such it an is, off-putting doll I, it too. doesn't i i think it's weird and awesome but it doesn't off-put to me whatsoever <laughs> Off-put is there is no off-put. There is no um, off-put. Properly for me. put. Holy curb I was an stomp! Off-put. I was an off-put. off-put. I was just put. Put. <laughs> I was just <laughs> was an on or off. I was just lightly put. <laughs> Holy fucking curb stomp, Batman! This dude gets mouth checked <laughs> multiple times. Yeah. We have a marble mantelpiece once or twice. Uh, we also have a wooden desk. It's astounding. All smashing he, in the mouth, mouth of this guy. Amazing he has all of his teeth left. 
Cause all of them are so it's like his lip gets split like a, like a fucking hair lip. And then down all of his teeth are still there, which yep. is wild to me. My, um, my first watch on this, I said, whoever our killer is, they really hate this guy's mouth. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You're That's never going to fucking dental talk about hygiene will produce strong teeth. That's <laughs> oh, is that what it is? Yeah. That is what brushing and flossing daily will do. Did mm-hmm. you see how strong those Gotta fucking floss. teeth were? You don't and brush. Then, I just, I floss. <laughs> <laughs> lose him just That's all checked I do. out uh he gets him that knife in the back of his neck mm-hmm. is also like i think it's just because it's like in the meat of the neck towards the back and just that thub splop like at marcus in a weird just blip of a thing realizes there isn't a window in the house from the old pictures for when he goes back to the mural so um he he pulls a limp biscuit and decides to break some shit um yo so he crawls up the outside (laughs) sorry to cut you off but he crawls up the outside of the house smashes to figure out that there is was a window there and then falls slowly falls, falls down like every bit of the house to the ground he wrecks this fucking front of this house and it's, it's all to this like psychedelic incredible. soundtrack yeah. that is almost schizophrenic like it's just like it's almost borderline benny hill music as he's just like breaking oh, windows and just fucking I love this uh, music it's <laughs> Just all I'm, every time I hear this song now, all I'm picturing is Marcus destroying the front of a house, like frantically trying to grab onto things and just breaking everything in his path. He also destroys not only the exterior but the interior of the house. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's like a Bob Vila nightmare, but <laughs> he does find That's the band. <laughs> uh, Bob Vila nightmare is definitely yeah. going to be the band I pick. Uh, but he finds an entombed room. With a fucking mm-hmm. corpse in a chair still set up from Christmas. Um, his reward totally just gets fucking clocked in the head. Yes. Great. I love the flashlight moving around the room, seeing what it is, piecing it all together. Um, and even though the character, I guess, is unlikable, you're still kind of rooting for him. Because on my first view and when he got clocked in the back of the head at that part, I went, no. <laughs> like, oh, shit. But at least uh, Gianna saves him in the nick of time from certain doom because uh, someone lights the whole fucking house on fire. I like that the psycho girl gets harassed, as in Olga. I'm talking about Olga, the real psycho of this film. Gets harassed and giving details because, like, Marcus sees a drawing that's almost the exact replica of what the mural in the house. Yeah. (laughs) Which I like the fact that there's that kind of fucked up imagery and these people at the Leonardo da Vinci school literally didn't let anybody know. Mm-hmm. As in, like, there's like <laughs> dozens of drawings. Oh, oh God, tell me where oh, you found these this drawings. This was the first time I, my life. It makes sense, but it just struck me as funny. I was like, I guess if you live in Italy, you go to like Leonardo da Vinci Middle School. <laughs> just right. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Same as JFK. Right. Makes you know, sense. JFK, over here. All that kind of stuff. It amuses me. It was. It's an inventor school, actually. Um, oh, yeah, I yeah, did imagine which, it as being like an old timey like, thing where they just had like all Leonardo's inventions out, it read us on shit. <laughs> yeah, God. that's my um, problem. I apologize. No, I think honestly, I had the same thoughts. Um, I thought they were just going to go in with like flying machines. Wouldn't you know what he fucking all Marcus Punk? Oh, steampunk. Marcus breaks into this place, but he just is really blatant about it and just smashes the fucking one of the windows or uh, one of the 
little hand through the door. Yeah. Uh, wouldn't you fucking know it? Carlo is the fucking kid. Um, that's the big reveal is that this traumatized kid is Carlo. Uh, from the murder at the beginning of the movie from the murder at the beginning of the movie Jonna gets stabbed uh but the cops show up and kind of do this like weird half-ass gunfight um with <laughs> carlo <laughs> where carlo yeah so carlo yeah. reveals himself to be yes. the killer yes is what happens yeah yes. yeah he's Not doing this yeah, from all. the beginning it well like, as in like yeah, yeah he's like i did it. i'm, I'm the just, killer yeah it's me it's me and i did all these things i was like no not carlo no, why, Carlo? Why? Please show up, big old thing. And we get this insane fucking scene. Carlo jumps the wall and then gets fish hooked by rebarb and gets dragged down a highway, getting wild and bashed on the street. <laughs> like wide turns and his face is just hitting fucking curbs and curbs. shit. He's just getting fucked. He's getting road rash. He's this just is the dragged. best scene in the movie. I was like, God oh damn, they're really gonna drag Carlo like that. Fucking like, oh, then dude, run over the whole his head town. With a nice yeah, yeah. It doesn't even dude. finish there. Yeah, you see all this stuff. He's like being dragged around, smashed against curbs. And it like, goes on like it goes yes, on exactly. Fucking Christ, it drags on, and then <laughs> the people that are dragging him finally notice, so they stop. And just he's in all time like, for a speeding car to come by. Almost a turtle. Carlo is almost a turtle in this where he's just like, <laughs> and then just that head smack, just that head roll over. It's just not with <laughs> it enough to ask for death. No, not even close. This uh, is almost go- some like final destination shit. Like the way Absolutely. that this setup happened. <laughs> mm-hmm. I think my exact goes, uh, yeah, he gets his whole head ran over by a car in a goo gush splish splash. That is amazing. Yeah, I loved it. <laughs> Um, all right, so yeah, everything's been f- fucking pinned on Carlos. Splash, Marcos. I was taking a bath. <laughs> but also, go, 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 go. so we've all seen this now more than so. As we know who the real killer is, and as it was happening, as it's revealed as Carlo, I was like, "Fucking, Wait. do I not remember the beginning of this movie? Didn't wasn't he with them to witness the murder?" Right, and, and that's what fucking Marcus says. He's like, "Wait a minute." Later, wouldn't he, why wouldn't he immediately remember who he that. witnessed the murder with? He must, if he did not remember that immediately, he is a horrible detective. Why he's is a, he? Do, he should stick well, to he's piano not a detective. Teaching. Yeah, he's, he's not a piano he's, teacher. He's, he's, he's a piano <laughs> teacher. This was when they realized that I was not good at what I was doing. <laughs> and then it all came back. Yeah, to I was him. like, oh, oh, are they ghost facing? I was like, there's two people in on it or something like that. I was uh, like, he's still right. part of it, but they're, they're ghost facing. Sure, right, you know. right. Oh, then, dude. But then we get the big fucking reveal because after he realizes it is that the painting and the sequence that we see in the beginning of the movie, one of the paintings isn't a fucking painting. It's a goddamn mirror. And we saw Carlo's mom in the beginning sequence of the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, That was a fuck. I think the first time watching this, that was a huge mind fuck to me is that like rewatching it. She's clearly in the mirror. So obvious. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Very, very fucking obvious that she's in there, which is so good to me like I, as a second watching like obviously once the big reveals like in a lot of whodunits like once the, it's the reveal and then a lot of it is just like really getting into the guts of the movie kind of like scream you know what i mean like once you kind of like figure out who it is it's like it's just fun to still watch it because you kind of go through the motions but now there's such a different subcontext to the murderers as they kind of play through it and this one was just amazing because it's like I've never really seen a movie where they literally show you the face of the killer 
immediately. Right away. Like, not in a group, like, literally just murdered Helga, and she's mm-hmm. just sitting there in a fucking corner. I thought that was just brilliant. Well, and it, but it is sort of hidden among all those faces, and we do. Oh, yeah. Maybe you kind of see it, and that's that thing that. He kept uh, on, he couldn't Marcus remember. He's trying like, to remember there was something weird was going on missing. with the faces, because he figures it out at this point, but the, uh. What I like about that is that Carlo had said something to him about memory and how it's tricky and remembering different things. And Carlo probably has these repressed memories as a little kid when his dad was killed by his mom and he picked up that knife. That entire scene is crazy. It was also her quote, damn you, I hate you. Carlos never killed anybody. And we get this. Oh, man. The Carlo playing the song as the parents discuss, like, taking her back to the hospital. It's not a gory scene. It's so fucked up. Like the dad is just walking towards his son with arms like, let me give me a big old hug. And then mom is just fucking hacking him in the back. And I think it's the knife removal from the middle of his back as he throws it out and dies. And just having like, dude, (laughs) the kid actor that plays Carlo in this, just that. Like. Cartoonish. It's very <laughs> fucking super cartoonish. Leave the knife um, in. Leave the object in. If you're ever stabbed, just always, leave it in. Always leave, leave it in. It. Uh, all right. Yeah. So Marcus gets whacked in the shoulder. Um, the mom's necklace motif was a really bad choice. Um, yeah. Because oh, sure. <sighs> awesome. Bad okay. Idea. So <laughs> the decapitation's fucking amazing. The white mouth goo for n- no reason is also super fucking weird. It's just like some leftover. Don't you say weren't we getting other googly mouths? We were, yeah. Yeah, yeah, and stuff like some leftover froth. Like, let's use it. Ooh, froth, yeah. And I like that uh, in this one, like you just see it go through. You don't really see you never see the the actual decapitation. And then you just have that like necklace going down the elevator to Marcus's reflection. And I like the friendly reminder that we've been watching deep red yeah oh i love that you have been watching deep red that fucking gets me amped with the music going i'm like the first time i was like oh cool and the second time i was like fuck yeah i was (laughs) but uh with the beheading you don't see the full beheading but you do see the necklace sort of cut through the neck real quick and then you just see the dangling necklace it's so effective I feel like even though it's not horror at all, that uh, Cowboy Bebop was heavily influenced by Deep Red. Like, yeah, um, Spike dresses like uh, Carlo and the the music and Mm -hmm. the beauty of like the symmetry of the setup of shots and the way things move. I really think it may be (laughs) (laughs) or maybe Giallo. You know, that's the only one I've seen. So we'll find out. Oh, we will. And on that note, I think it's time for a little break and we're back now we're going to kind of dive into our uh, crematorium of questions here uh guys would we survive this and if so how are we going to survive this uh yeah just don't announce that you know who the killer is good idea just like if i find out like don't investigate don't it. just like don't mine was yeah involve myself at this don't because i'm not involved <laughs> don't investigate the murder any further is in all caps 
Let the cops handle it. Let the cops it. handle it. Someone's on like a killing spree. Don't insert yourself into the investigation. Because yeah. like, there's a huge part of this is that like I don't understand Mark. That's how I'm surviving. That's how you survive. I, dude. Okay, I don't know if there's a huge part of this, but like, I hope that Marcus realizes by his haphazard investigation caused the death of everybody past Helga. Like him doing his fucking amateur sleuthing yeah. caused all those people to die. Yeah, I'm sure there's a nightmare with paperwork and like evidence and like tampering <laughs> of the scene. And like, His prints are everywhere. It's a good thing she got decapitated because otherwise she would have walked she <laughs> in court. <laughs> she would just... <laughs> Like everything was just like he, we had some dude coming in, just like trampling all around, saying this old lady like, did this. Yeah. <laughs> you know what day of the week it is? Hey guys, how do we make this movie gooier? I would love to see the decapitation. I mean, that's the way to do it. Yeah, yeah the kills just. More I mean, splurts, there's ways to or... make those more splurts and girts. Yeah, there's not much like bleeding. There's wounds, but no. Yeah, like no viscera. Blood yeah. I don't feel like there's any viscera. viscera. We need we need viscous viscous viscera. Bright red blood. Right. I don't know that we would need any viscera. There's some bright red blood, but it's like afterwards we see bleeding blood on like things. That. We don't think yeah. so. See just things so like actively more bleeding. More I feel more like goo. goo goo. Of course. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Yeah. The decapitation for sure. I'm trying to think. Yeah. I mean, if you had during like any of the the chopping, just squirts squirts coming out. <laughs> That would make it gooier. All they need to do is an air pump and some more. Maybe if the killer licked all the victims after they. uh, (laughs) That'd be gooier in a different aspect. Because there's so much. There's like weird offset mouth goo. Is that maybe she just drools on people? Okay. I can take that. I can take that. Um, All right. Villain level one through 10. What did you guys give Deep Red? That's interesting. I guess I'm going to go with like a. Oh, shoot. I'm in between a four and a five, I think. I don't know what the villain is icon-wise to people, but to me, I mean, it's that's probably a three. Okay. And then the power level is very low, a one or a two. So that's why I'm at the four to give it a four. five stage. Yeah, I gave it a five. I, I kind of just like, you know. 2.5 or two, two, and yeah, two. two and two, two and three. I think you can interchange those. Um, does this movie deserve a sequel? And what's the worst possible thing, sequel you guys can come up with? Deserves a sequel? Sure, I guess. We don't... Just I, let Dario Argento make more movies, which I would, has happened. So, uh, Yeah, I don't need to see the continuing adventures Marcus? of Marcus the pianist. No, this guy sucks. Detective. Yeah, I don't... <laughs> Even though I like him, he sucks. Then here we go. Worst sequel. Marcus decides to become a full-time de- private detective. detective. <laughs> It, it just, just keeps, keeps fucking everything up. Fucking everything up. People keep dying. Up yeah, exactly. The end of the movie is just him in a huge court of law because he's just like tampered with so much evidence that they had to throw out hundreds mm-hmm. of cases. Oh, and the worst sequel is made by like a different director and writer and has like a totally Michael different. Bay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there it is. <laughs> Michael Bay is deep red too. That's <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah uh, i'm not beating that um all right guys what is your if this movie was a band what would the name be what genre would they be i went with crimson shadows they're prog rock oh i like that 
Um, I didn't write down what I had thinking I'd remember it. And what do you know? Oh, <laughs> what, do what do you know? know? <laughs> <laughs> Not, wait, hold on. Nuh-uh. <laughs> no. no. Uh, I had two. So I had a backup for you, Sam. Um, okay. Obviously, we have Bob the Bob Vila Nightmare, um, right. which is industrial. Um, <laughs> but then the second one is called Medical Mutiny, and their first album is Stabbed in the Back. I it's like it. a Christmas themed metal band. Oh, what's their name again? Medical Mutiny. She's supposed to go back to the hospital, but she doesn't want to, so she stabs her husband in the back. I right. understand. Yeah. I get it go. now. Okay. Yeah. I wouldn't listen to uh, them. Yeah, it's really it's very selective. <laughs> it's real selective. And only I mean it's, uh, themed music. Only I'm once so a month. not into yeah. it. For real. Especially Christmas. <laughs> it's actually Christmas. <laughs> I'm sorry. I, I I'm gonna say it right now. I don't like Halloween or like serial killer themed music or like like oh, there's one big band out there right now that I just don't I can't get into. Oh, you mean and I know my alienate <laughs> Ice Nine Kills. Are we talking? Yeah. Are we talking about the serial killer Guar? What? Huh? It's Ice Nine Kills. They always have props on stage and they dress up in, as every slash. <laughs> that's the only reason I know them is that someone told me they they See, dress yeah, up as like I, every I slasher and like they have like rotating props and people they kill on stage. I was like, oh, like Guar. Because yeah, but it's not like space okay. people. It's just more. I didn't know they did that. I had no idea. I just knew I they know sang was, about. Yeah. Horror theme things, and I'm like, guys, I tried, any, I tried, guys. I any tried. other factoid? I no fucking idea. No idea. Anything past that? <laughs> Come at us. <laughs> um, I think I want to know what the answer is. This would you guys buy the soundtrack or score of this on vinyl? I yeah. almost bought it before we started recording, I'm, and I plan to buy yeah. it. So yes, it's <laughs> fucking outstanding. Uh, I'd stream it. I'd st- good. I'd stream. I put it on a playlist. I put it on a playlist for sure. <laughs> Uh, action figure worthy. What do you guys think? Interesting. No, I was on it. No, I don't think. No, I, I don't really. Think Other no. than the novelty of having something, nothing is like that cool looking. You know what I mean? Yeah. The only thing I could I think like of a faceless brown raincoat person, <laughs> right. a Rorschach. It's not even an action figure for me. It would be like you know how they have like the corner covers for toddlers. So like they don't hit sharp corners. Yeah. It could just be silicone of just that guy's mouth. Just on all the corners. Oh. <laughs> Interesting. Horror themed baby items. This is that's like probably yeah, yeah. really good. We're gonna get into that. Yeah. Uh Chuddle the, the, the baby. <laughs> and it'll be our baby line of stuff. Um any merch or prop that you want from the film? I want the I doll. I want the creepy walking doll. Yeah, yeah, the creepy walking doll. I want I want some of those freaky paintings. I need them for my house to scare off intruders. Ooh, the painting would be good. I also, honestly, that goblin nilbog devil thing in the intro scene that has like one of his eyes melted out, that thing, for whatever mm-hmm. reason, I would fucking love to have. Oh, yeah, when it's doing like that little prop yes, line with the marbles and everything, shit. all of that stuff. Yeah, there's a lot of cool shit there. Yeah, it's got a lot of cool stuff. Um, what are you guys doing at the midnight showing? Did you guys have anything? This is I have one thing. This is the first time I've been it's, stumped. It, my, my I've been stumped before it happens. Um my one thing is that whenever basically every time someone's killed because it's a who done it, yeah. you know, we don't see who it was. We see whenever we see the killer leaving, 
Everybody yells, who was that? <laughs> that's, and that's all I got. That's pretty good. The, I was going to say, when we get the hanging doll, everyone throws little dolls at the ooh, screen. that's a good one. When the guy gets gets the teeth to the thing, you know, those like wind up teeth, chattery things. Everyone brings those and puts oh, those off. So it's a bunch of chattering teeth in oh, the theater. I was thinking like that or like, um, was the chitlet? Like the little, like the squared candies, the, the squared gum that looks like teeth and just start throwing them at the screen. Oh, nice. Oh. Yeah, I yeah, got yeah. one. Everybody on their way in, they bring a shot of espresso and pour it into this big thing so it all Thermo- gets oh, mixed all together. Everybody has a coffee espresso. break. And then, it, then everybody Perfect. gets it back together all mixed up and yeah, I think has the espressos with the Towards the end, cops. everyone also brings a little piece of fabric so when the cop gets his suit shot or whatever <laughs> yes. and he's like looking at it, people throw fabric, fabric at him. it. Oh, that's so fantastic. So he can fix his suit. So now it's time to pull out our Mama Meat Cleaver as we rate this film on our Chuddle Scale. On this show, we like to use a rating scale of 0 to 5 fingers. Each finger adds to the score and with more fingers equaling a higher score. And don't forget, you can chop off half a finger as well as no fingers. Fry Guy? Why is it always me first? I feel like everyone goes to me over here. Do we? That's fine. You know what? No, no, no. I I recant. Sam. Oh, I want to hear you. Okay. I want to hear yours first. Recanted. I don't know if that's true. By the way, I just. <laughs> <laughs> I just like, give me another minute, dear. <laughs> okay. Um, first finger. That finger being engaging. Yeah, that's gonna be a fat one for me. Chop that finger right off. <laughs> that's my index. What 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 finger do you guys think of as your engaging finger? I suppose it's pointer. Mine. I'd probably say pointer finger. Yeah, yeah. So I cut that off because thoroughly engaged both viewings. Sticky. I think it's going to end up being very sticky. Like I kind of mentioned it before. Almost every scene in this movie, on its own, is kind of like a memorable scene for different reasons. Mm-hmm. Um, and for that reason, gets a full finger chopped off, lobbed off, if you will. T-shirtable. Um, there's some very cool imagery in this movie, as we touched on, just the symmetry from the shots and the framing, the poster, the doll hanging. I really, really like this movie. Um, love it, you might say. So that'll be a full one getting chopped oh, wow. off for T-shirtable as well. Oh, wow. Oh, and wow. we're going to head over to the cockles. And if you couldn't tell, I mean, <laughs> it's like this movie was made for my cockles. I couldn't <laughs> believe it. I'm watching this shit like a bright-eyed little boy being like, this is what I've been missing the whole time. I feel like somebody heard like the Beatles for the first time or something. They're telling people like, hey, have you actually listened to the Beatles? They're pretty good. I feel like that's what I'm like with Dario Argento right now, even though this is all I've seen. So be catching up there, cockles, uh, dusted and disgusted. Then going to rewatchable, absolutely full one rewatchable there. I'd put it on as background because I feel like this is, even though I really like this and think it's fully engaging, I could also like just come in and out of it as I please and feel like I get different things from it every time. Um, So that's that's a five, five out of five. Damn. Oh, well, we, uh, <laughs> Damn. All right, Ross. What? What? Me now? Yeah, you. Fine, fine, fine. <clears throat> Engaging. Engaging is going to get a full one. Uh, I've seen this a dozen or so times now, and I'm engaged every time I watch it. Um, it is that just- That reminds me. 
sorry to cut you off. No, you're fine. Um, but you said you've watched it a dozen or so times now. I was like, the only thing I regret is that I hadn't seen this movie more than twice before recording so that I could talk about it better. <laughs> right? It's my biggest regret. It's just, it's such a fucking pretty movie. Like, there's oh, there's so much shit going on, but it's just so fucking beautiful of a movie um which leads right into sticky i mean if it's not for the kills which i think the kills are great the cinematography alone is so sticky in this is that like i will forever know some of the scenes like the peter fucking practicing scene is bar none probably in my top 10 just cinematic horror movie moments you know what i mean um absolutely t-shirtable Oh, man, there is so much good stuff with Deep Red. I think this is the only part we're going to deviate, Sam, is that I gave T-Shirtable a 0.5 because I think there's some great stuff. A real wild card. I know. Um, what, I mean, like, yeah, the doll, absolutely. Would I have, like, the baby doll in the noose? Probably not. You know what I mean? Like, maybe some of them are – I don't know. It's like there's certain stuff in that I think is good. I don't know. For whatever reason, the movie, it's great on a T-shirt. To me, it's hokey. I don't know. And that makes no sense. That's just more of a personal taste thing. Interesting. Um, but yeah, no, it goes. I would I would definitely wear a deep red shirt. It would just have to be a very specific deep. Like it would go. It would, right. it would have to really play into the cockles, which I'm also going to lead into. And cockles gets a full one for me because like that's like it's just beautiful. It's just the whole thing just chimes just amazing the entire uh, rewatchable. Obviously, I've said I've watched it over like a dozen or so times. So I'm going to give that a one. So it's going to be a 4.5 for me. Probably maybe higher when we revisit this. But for right now, in my heart of hearts, watching it for the 13th or 14th time, um, <laughs> I think 4.5 is good for me. You know what I mean? I think it's a, also an amazing entry-level Jalo movie to get into just so you get the ecosystem of how surreal these movies can be um, is also prime. Now, Private Guy, now it's your turn. Now it's your time. Okay, good. I don't feel bad for not, you know, making it like certified or something. Um, Because what you say about more the more surreal aspect is I think probably would have made me like this a lot more. I thought this was an absolutely beautiful movie. The cinematography, as we keep talking about, was amazing. The the composition, I said before, was awesome. It was just a beautiful thing to look at. But for me, it it lacked... I didn't care that much about the story. Mm-hmm. So for engaging, I gave it a 0. 0.5 uh, just because I was liked what I was looking at, but I felt myself like I could tune in and out. I wasn't, I wasn't ever, I don't know... Committed scared yeah i was a big boy during this one or anything i didn't feel that 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 i don't know that thrill mm-hmm. or whatever uh sticky as well i think i'm gonna give it a 0.5 while i re- remember that this is a beautiful film and a nicely shot film like i can necessarily remember a lot of those scenes but i'm not again remembering a lot of the story and i feel like that's something that i want to remember mm-hmm. or, or or it just wasn't sticking with yeah. me uh, t-shirtable i don't know why you gave this a 0.5 this one gets a full one from me like, so there, there's so much that you could make out of this movie onto a t-shirt in a bunch of different ways just because the doll's stupid doesn't mean there's like 13 other no totally no no again it's just hey, it's it's yeah. funny it's it's yeah i i get it man um but yeah i think there's a lot of a lot of great stuff and i i would totally 
have no problem wearing a, a rep in this shirt. Mm-hmm. Uh, cockles. This one as well only gets a 0.5 because for whatever reason, and, and Sam even mentioned like one of the scenes, he's, you were like, you could watch this without the sound. I felt like I could watch this whole movie without the sound. Yeah. Like this, mm. and that's not a bad thing. No, it, I guess it is a bad thing, but it, it's really complimentary to the visuals of yeah. it. Yes, as opposed to the storytelling aspect but I of love it, and you the get a lot of the story. Movie. Like I said, like I you, love the score. I don't want to watch it without it, but you can watch it and like tell what's going mm-hmm. on, which is exactly amazing. That it's that's incredible. that's where that that's that's, that's a great thing to it, and like yeah, this is a. This feels like a, a bar movie. <laughs> like if you're hanging out at a cool bar, bar they're playing this here. on a fucking on That's the wall on a projector it, yeah. or something. And then rewatchable, uh, 0.5 as well. I I definitely revisit this, but I'm not itching to. I'd rather check out some other stuff and maybe things I do. I I wanted the push somewhere more. So uh, three, which sounds fine okay all right so (laughs) i figured out the shirt i'm still gonna keep it a 4.5 um but the oh god and we didn't even bring it up when we were talking about the movie but at the second murder the drowning house um the shot in the closet where it's just closed closed and then the solid black eye eye. and the white eye Mm -hmm. peering through that just having like a coat like inside of a closet on the front of the shirt with the fucking eye in the center of it would be so off-putting and so good. It should be a five. I'm just going to keep it at a 4.5. That's what my heart's telling me right now. I know I should hop on the five train, but right. you do what you want. Um, and uh, usually um, we would have a, uh, what does the club have to say? But we got kind of a goose egg. We're kind of doing a little bit of a rearranging early recording. So um, yeah, it was last minute. Um so we're doing a lot of recordings all jammed together because of vacation. Summertime, so behind baby. the scenes for you. And it was a changeover to a new slate, which we're still kind of figuring out. So that's okay. We love you, Chettle Club. <laughs> we do love you. Um, Sam, does this does this movie make it into our Chettle Club crypt? Yeah, at 4.2. No yes, at 4.2 yeah. it does. All right. <laughs> oh, hey, cool. It sits um, right above it. And the 4.0 club, you got VHS 94, Krampus, My Bloody Valentine, Extraordinary. And in the 4.2 other club, we have Scream 2, Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2. Uh, That's in great company. So we were just in this zone, yeah. Yeah. Cool. Right above it, Color Out of Space, Revealer. Ooh. Uh, Friday the 13th, Part 3. So, yeah. Yeah, real good, good space to be in. Hey, guys. Are you ready for my final thingy? Yeah. Oh, you got a final thingy. I got, yeah. I got a final thingy. Um, this is a. <laughs> I went. I hopped. Up, I hopped on the train, and this is an AI generated. Would you rather question? Yeah. Would you rather be trapped inside an eerie haunted house filled with mysterious secrets and creepy artifacts, like the one in Deep Red, where you must unravel its dark history to escape? Or would you rather solve a series of puzzling and macabre murders following the footsteps of the film's protagonist in order to bring justice and peace to the haunted town? A uh, th- thing I've noticed about AI is that it really likes to take a haunted, haunted house scenario. <laughs> is it a ghost? A haunted house Do you think scenario. it's a ghost? You, it's it's like, like, you should go to the haunted house. I don't want to go to the haunted house. You should really go to this haunted house. Um, I'll t- I don't know. Because the other one is but, like so not accurate. I have a backup, but the backup one's more funny than... No, 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 no. Um, I don't know. 
I think can you repeat it's, it? It's be in a haunted house and figure out what what do we so do to get out of that? So filled with mysterious secrets and creepy artifacts like the one in Deep Red, where you must unravel its dark history to escape. Or would you rather? So we have to figure out the history that, of the house the, that's haunted, and then you can escape. But it has lots of mysteries. Think of like the mansion in Resident. I'll take the haunted the house. mansion in Resident yeah. Evil. Like I'm, I'm picturing there might be a puzzle or two. Yeah, I'll take that. Yeah, I think that a haunted house seems could fun. <laughs> probably scare the shit out of me. But like going with the protagonist against a bunch of murders totally puts you in the crosshairs of probably getting murdered. Mm-hmm. Definitely. All right, so we guys. Murder. All right, so we're all standing in a haunted house. Yeah, I think so. Perfect. All right. Well, I, th- I think that just about does it. Uh, don't forget about all the places to get at us. You can find Sam on Letterbox at Shuttle the Sam. What's up? Brian is always lurking our Discord, and I can be found on Instagram at Ross Purvis. This concludes the Shuttle the Pod Movie Club meeting for tonight. And as Movie Club members, you are the guts and viscera of this podcast. So don't forget to jump into the Discord, the best place to continue this conversation with us as well as other Shuttle Club members and past guests of the show. And until next time... What was that?